You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hey, it's Professor Broman. I hope you're enjoying the Rare Drop podcast. And speaking of podcasts, I wanted to make sure that you were aware of all of them on our network. We have The Jam with myself, Cathalian, and K-Magic 101, our weekly chat about all things ridiculous and the podcast about nothing. Then there's the worst radio show whose description is in the name hosted by some of the most cynical nerds on the Internet. And obviously, we save the best for last, the Broman podcast, which delivers all things related to content creation and the business behind it. All these shows can be found on Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and most places where you find podcasts. Head on over to raredrop.co to check out more of what we're working on and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, what's up? Uh, welcome to Ask Broman episode 85. It is the first episode of 2019 and uh, the first episode that we're doing on our consistent schedule. Uh, if you missed the other episodes, because you always look for these guys, uh, we will be doing Ask Broman every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern every week this year. Um, unless there's some sort of random change, which I hope that there won't be. But it's all about the attempt. So I hope you're doing good. I hope your 2019 has been phenomenal. Uh, I am having a really good time. We're playing through Kingdom Hearts right now, getting ready for Kingdom Hearts 3, which is very exciting. Um, and yeah, that's what we're going on. That's what we're doing. And if it's New Year and you haven't heard this hot, uh, hot bleh, podcast before, hi, I'm Professor Broman. Uh, I'm a streamer and a small business owner and a charity director. I do a whole lot of stuff. Uh, this podcast is about you, people who are listening it, listening to it. Um, any questions you have, anything that you're working on uh, in your life, anything that you want to make better, uh, I want to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, tune in sometime, ask some questions, and uh, we'll get right to it. All right, so the first person we have here is Red, Nick Red Nolis. And uh, yeah, we'll see what Nolis has got going on. What's up, bud? Happy New Year's, bro. How's it going? Happy New Year. Going great. You said you almost said Red Nicholas, which is what you do all the time. I so yeah, it right. is. I caught myself. You, I caught you myself. Caught <laughs> I saw I, it. I'm like, is he gonna do gonna, it? Oh, no, yeah, Red Nolas. So is that Nolas? Is that like uh, New Orleans, or is it just like? Uh, red is my favorite color, and my name is actually Nicholas. So it's oh. kind of like an anagram, kind of plus a color. Oh, so I'm actually right. You're actually right, which is super <laughs> triggering because, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, I like it. Well, what can I do for you today, man? So, hi. Um, I got to DM you because I haven't got to catch a live podcast in months. Sure, I DM yeah, you it's... back in, like, March, I think. Something okay. like that. About, like, all right, here's, like, my path through Twitch. It's really slow. I don't like it. Should I move platforms? And you were like, sure, go for it. Yeah, and so in that like seven month time, we're now partnered on Mixer. Like partnered. shit's going great. Yeah, partnered. That's awesome. Shit's going great. I've made a lot of cool friends over here, and mm -hmm. so my questions are kind of geared towards that line of. Sure, man. I will. Things. I will. Um, I've learned a lot more about Mixer over the the past since March as well. So let's do it. Awesome. All right. So, and a couple, uh, I have a list, and chat generated one that they wanted, so. 
Oh, cool. Uh, question numero uno was, uh, what are the things, like, when you first become partnered, what are the, like, what are the do's and don'ts? Like, I've been partnered for a month. How could I horribly screw it up, and what can I do to go well? Okay. Um, <laughs> so basically, like, what are the biggest pitfalls and the biggest points of advantage that you could have? Is that exactly. sort of the question? Okay. Um, I think that, well, first of all, one of the things that Mixer does really well that I think is kind of fantastic is that partnership's a big deal there still. Uh, uh, you know, Twitch kind of, when they rolled out the affiliate program, like there isn't really this huge moment or the moment of getting partnered isn't as crazy awesome as it used to be. Um, I saw some statistics recently that stated that about 1% of people who stream on Twitch consistently are actually partnered and 8% of the people who stream consistently on Twitch are affiliate. So that basically wow. means one in 10 broadcasters on Twitch has, you know, a sub button. Uh, right. But the platforms like Facebook and Mixer, the things they do different in the way that Twitch used to be was, you know, you have this moment in time where you can't make any money off your stream officially through the platform. And the next day you do. And then there's this big moment of celebration. Um, and I think everyone's first instinct, and, and I think it's a good one, is to, to ride on that which is great, um, but I think the first failure point is after that first month is done and everyone's like, whew, what a fun celebration, what's next? Um, and that's the, that is the point where a lot of people sort of get lost and they'll spend like an uncomfortable year sort of figuring it out. So here are my suggestions for that. Um, everything that you've been doing to that point is what's got you there. So look at that and think about leveling that up like taking you know if you play one game all the time think about a different way to approach that or if you stream the same time same times every day all the other stuff you have the consistency take whatever it is that people like about your channel and improve it you know maybe it's time for new overlays or whatever um to keep that forward progression going um and then you need to double down on the on your community right uh that's the other thing that i see um, during that, after that first hype phase, everyone's like, oh, well, okay, well, I built this awesome community and now I can make money, but it's not as much money as I want. So I'm gonna start focusing really heavily on monetary goals and making sure that I get X amount of subs on, into my pocket um, a month so that I can do something full-time, which I think is great. Like that's absolutely a goal you need to have, but the approach has to resonate with what you're already doing as a broadcaster and it can't, sort of come out of left field <laughs> like if you're somebody that never really talked about numbers that much and then you get your partner button and then the next day you're like hey guys what's up we need 10 subs today or we need whatever <clears throat> i think it's right. a bad look so so that balance of genuine versus like yeah. starting to look at the numbers and i've said this a lot on the podcast um and a lot on stream i think that there's a big difference between going from you know, part-time hobbyist to a partner to full-time broadcaster. I think people really like taking that journey. Viewers like taking that journey with a streamer. Uh, that So like, even if you do monetary goals, and I think that this is something that has actually helped a lot of new broadcasters get started, you know, to quit whatever their full-time 40 an hour, 40, you know, 40 hours a week work, work week or, you know, part-time jobs or whatever else they're using to kind of fund their hobby of broadcasting. Um, 
you know, getting to that first 1,000 subs is a goal that kind of makes sense to everybody. It, you know, on Twitch, that's, you know, the equivalent of making $2,500 a month with your, you know, your take home um, on Mixer. I'm not really sure what the splits are, but you get the point, right? You're making a low wage living off of streaming video games. And I think everyone can get behind that. The problem is um, that strategy may work for a short period of time, but it doesn't really scale up on the long term. Like everyone gets excited to help you, you know, get a get a full time job and, you know, do what you're doing for a living, maybe even help you with some life events like buying a house. But like, there's a huge difference between that and being like, hey, guys, like we're shooting for 50,000 subs this month, which is basically saying, hey, guys, I'm trying to make, you know, $100,000 this month. Why don't you help me? Which kind of can come That's off wrong. Money. Yeah. So while I do think that when you get started, putting some thought into setting up a goal like, hey, I'm going to do, um, you know, I'm going to do this for my stream. I'm really trying to do this full time. You know, I want to bring this content to you and things like that. Um, focusing on getting to that full time point is huge. Making a goal there for your community like, OK, well, when I'm full time, we're going to have more of this on the stream. and We're going to have more of that on the stream so that it, it is like, you know, something that people are buying into buying into your community and that stuff. Um, so that's, I think, the best next step. And then beyond that is, you know, it's difficult. I think it rides on making, you know, making those steps and taking those risks to keep your content fresh and continuously bring new people in while you're making the people who've been there all along. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at chat. Um, <laughs> making those people who are there all along still feel like they're part of the community, which is the honest to God, the biggest long-term challenge that you're going to encounter. Right. Awesome. And I feel like on Mixer, especially because now that now that you're partnered, now you have Sparks that do things. Sparks are, yeah, this... Sparks is huge. Um, I will, I'm going to take your question and the fact you mentioned that to just share my opinion on the podcast about it. Cause we go, haven't had a chance to, Please do. to talk. Um, so if you're new, if you're new to the streaming space, you don't understand Mixer. Uh, Mixer has a built-in site-wide currency called Sparks. You can earn them anywhere, watching any channel, um, and you can spend them in stream to do specific actions. Now these Sparks are, don't or did not originally have any monetary value. It was basically just a way for you to, you know, log on to a streamer's stream, and if it was my stream, you'd be able to spend 100 sparks that you earned watching my channel to, like, push a button to make a fart sound. Like, that's probably what I would do. You know, something yikes stupid like that. Um, but now uh, Mixer has added, I don't know what they call them, spark bounties, spark milestones. Uh, they're milestones, Sure, I think is what they're called. Yeah. <clears throat> so they are, uh, they're milestones. Um, and Mixer sort of switches it up, like with every X million sparks, that'll be like a bonus payout to a channel. Um, I think that that's phenomenal. I'm not really sure how mix like long-term business side. I don't know how Mixer's funding this program, um, to pay people out, but it's a program that Twitch does not have. Um, and it's something I wish the Twitch did have because, you know, right now the only free way to support somebody on Twitch is to watch an ad. Uh, which people kind of hate. Um, but on Mixer, you're actually rewarded for engaging with content. So um, another thing I would recommend is, you know, double down on Sparks as hard as you can. Uh, it is literally free money. 
figuring out a way to make it fun and engaging for your community to be involved with, you know, earning sparks on your channel, spending sparks on your channel. Um, you know, Kevin, uh, Kmagic101 over there on Mixer, who's, you know, a part of some of my other podcasts, you know, he has a party every time they fill up like one of those crystals and he's always sort of updating his soundboard and there's lots of really cool spark um spark related features i've seen on other mixer streamers channels uh i've noticed that the mixer community is having this really weird conversation about like well quit begging for these and i'm like it's free fucking money um i don't think that i think that begging for anything as an entertainer isn't classy that's kind of when you cross the line between um, being an entertainer and being a panhandler. Um, right. Although maybe your whole shtick is that you're a panhandler, which is also a thing. Um, but like at the end of the day, I think that encouraging your community to spend sparks on your channel is fine. Uh, and as I would approach it, if I was, you know, on Mixer, it fits with my standard advertising strategy, which is like, this is something you get for free for being here. If you've been having a good time, drop a fart on the stream. Like that's it. You know, um, I think that encouraging or or requesting action is completely different than standing there being like, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, whatever. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, sparks are actually a really big benefit in my mind to broadcasters on Mixer because it gives you access to a pretty sizable amount of uh, of income, you know, weekly or every seven days or every five days or whatever they set these milestones out to be. Um, that costs your community nothing more than their time. So yeah, and they've been those they've are been my huge. thoughts on Sparks. But what was your uh, yeah? What was your question or statement? I'd love to learn more from your perspective. Uh, no, that was kind of like I was the direction I was taking. Uh, from what you said about Sparks, a lot of what I do is pretty much in line with that. Is I don't like to sit there and be like, "Come on, let's go, let's get to this milestone." It's like mm -hmm. every so often we'll take a look and be like, "Okay, this milestone is coming up." And I actually cap sparks. Uh, if we reach what my spark goal at the beginning of the week is, so let's say this week was 7.5 million sparks, which is whatever payout that is. Sure. After that, I shut down the buttons. Hmm. And I'm like, cool. Like, you guys can either, like, save this for next week or go help another partner. And I feel like that model's helped chat a lot because they're like, okay, so here's where we go. And anything after that's bonus or we can go help out, like, somebody else. That's very community-oriented of you. I like that and and they've been really really receptive of that the past month so it's been super good mm. so yeah sparks are huge um uh, one two more if that's cool yeah it is many times. i'm gonna take a second to answer a question from chat uh because i Go think it's it. relevant what's the average viewership for a top mixer streamer i think the top 10 on mixer on average is like what three to five hundred on average i know that things uh, are different right now because Mixer just introduced a sort of new algorithmic front page situation, and there's more integration on Xbox, which is making the view counts bigger for people who are featured on those things. Um, but that's kind of the way it stood the last time I was paying enough attention. But it sounded like Nolas actually has a different answer, so that's great. Uh, barring uh, Channel 1, which is insane for view counts, but that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's basically, um, it's it's Mixer's uh, native channel right. promotion tool. Yeah. I'd say, like, your your top, top streamers, depending on time of day, are getting uh, 300 to 500, yeah. probably pretty consistent, and then 
tapering down from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then with events and stuff, you get crazy new yeah. counts, but and that's that's lining up with uh, you know some stats about Mixer. It's about as far as like user count and concurrent viewership, it's about three percent, maybe four percent at this point of the size of Twitch. Um, so you're not going to be pulling in <coughs> gigantic numbers. Uh, but the big reason why I started on Twitch, and I've had this conversation a bunch, the big reason I started on Twitch wasn't because I thought I could pull more numbers than if I made YouTube videos. The exact opposite was true. I just liked the format, and I felt like it was new and growing. Uh, so as a new broadcaster, I think you can hear like there's a lot of opportunity um, in streaming on Mixer or Facebook or anywhere that isn't Twitch. And I think that it is absolutely worth your consideration because, you know, just like there's not one core broadcast uh, television network, you know, uh, there probably won't be one core broadcasting streaming internet network either. But yeah, 100% agree. There we go. On to your next question. <laughs> All right. Um, and this one is coming from like the business aspect sure. of, okay, I am now partnered. I'm now getting a, a decent amount of money via sparks and subs and all that stuff. Sure. So at what point to not get absolutely screwed by taxes, should I worry about like starting to register this as like an LLC or like that kind of thing? The So it really depends on your state. Um, and what I... What I would recommend for anybody would be to, you know, go to a CPA or find a friend who's a CPA um, and just ask them, hey, you know, I'm making X amount of money via this business-esque venture. Would it save me tax money to, you know, become an LLC or an S-Corp over being a sole proprietor, given that this is how much I'm making? Because your tax bracket in that situation is going to play as well, you know? Right. Uh, so I think that it really does depend. I think that you need to go ask and like have that conversation. You know, the difference for some people might be really small, like, you know, two or 3%, which you may not care about in the beginning, but two or 3% begun becomes a lot more money as you become more successful. So I would just sort of keep track of your income and be aware of your local, um, you know, your local or state tax rates, and then decide when flipping the switch is the right idea for you. Um, there hasn't, and the other idea with limited liability corporation is that like it would insulate you if something horrible happened for, on your stream. Like if you said some dumb shit and then it caused physical harm to somebody and then they tried to sue you or whatever, um, right. you know, there hasn't really, to my knowledge, been a lawsuit like that yet. Um, I think the liabilities that you have as a broadcaster are kind of, they are effectively very few and far between. Whereas, you know what, if you own a small business, you want to be an LLC from day one because you have a physical location. If somebody walks in and breaks a hip and they sue you and you're not, you're fucked. So um, that's kind of that's kind of how I would approach that. Awesome. And then uh, the chat generated question is they want to know thoughts on future of streaming as an entertainment platform, especially in the context of yesterday and this year in general are they um is this questions from your chat are you like live right now that's really no cool. i'm not live right oh, now okay. this is uh, <laughs> i wouldn't i, I didn't want to i don't do care if you're live that's fucking neat i don't give a shit <laughs> um yes so i'm on my quote-unquote lunch break gotcha um, no so are these chat generated like from your chat yeah okay um 
so in my mind, uh, what I've seen happen over the past year, uh, streaming and video game has video games in general have had their first major crossover star in the United States. Um, <clears throat> that being Ninja, uh, there's been a lot of really interesting things happening um, in the way that larger brands are approaching working with him in particular. And the reason that everyone keeps talking about him is because whether whether or not it ends up being the standard, it's what's being done right now for big brands. So like his New Year's Eve stream is it actually a huge example of this Red Bull instead of having there instead of having the Red Bull New Year's Eve esports party be broadcast on twitch.tv slash Red Bull. They had it on Ninja's channel because Ninja has effectively much larger reach than them. Um, a different style of reach and a different style of community and all this other stuff. Um, and there was I mean, that event was a big deal. They had one of the biggest football slash soccer players in the world play with him. The guy has like 41 million people following him on Twitter. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't follow football or soccer, but I saw those numbers and I was like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a big deal. So I think that, you know, going forward, I think that there's going to be a lot more brands in the space that are going to try and figure out the best way to do these activations that they've been trying to do um, by setting up their own channels that are basically one-off uh, locations that you know people don't want to return to or don't care to return to and sort of figure out the way to blur the line between like how do I get my brand in front of a lot of eyes, operate something on my own, and at the same time reach really deeply into another person's community. Um, live streaming is really uniquely well suited for that, so I think that that whole you know, Ninja New Year's Eve, Red Bull Esports thing is a really interesting case study um, in that. Uh, I think that, you know, obviously the, the game of the year last year was Fortnite. Um, and whether or not Fortnite ends up becoming the Minecraft of this iteration, Minecraft was basically, it took over everything for like five years. Um, right. In the gaming content creation space. Like if you were making Minecraft content, on YouTube or whatever, and you did it consistently, you were just gonna blow the fuck up and you're gonna keep blowing up and you're gonna be fine. Um, and then Minecraft fell off really hard. <laughs> so whether or not um, Fortnite proves to be the Minecraft of this generation of gamers, you know, um, or it ends up falling off this year or something else, I think that It'll be really interesting, and, and if I was a broadcaster, one of the things to keep my eyes on this year is to sort of see what, as always, like pay attention to the market space and see what's coming up um, through the ranks. I think that Fortnite has a lot of fatigue um, from people and from content creators. You know, uh, when you start when you start seeing people in uh, in in folks' chats, and I noticed this. Uh, when I was playing Destiny all the time, um, you know, when I started playing other games than Destiny, when, you know, Destiny was blowing up my channel. Uh, the first few times that I started playing other games and folks were like, oh, thank God, <laughs> this isn't Destiny. Um, you know, watching out for that fatigue from viewers and from content creators is going to be really key, I think, moving forward to see if Fortnite is going to kind of age out really quickly or not. Um... By all accounts, they had an incredible last year, but that doesn't guarantee an incredible this year as well. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think if there's any other trends that I really saw last year. 
I think that there was a really heavy trend to focus on monetization. Um, you know, a lot of the top broadcasters on Twitch. Um, you know, that I mean, again, that sort of became the conversation how much money people are making during video games. And then folks are, you know, putting up, here's my sub count and it's 40,000, 50,000, 220,000, like whatever. Um, and I have also started to notice now that people are starting to remove those numbers from their streams. Um, and whether it's because there is this realization that what goes up has to come down and numbers going down look bad, um, or it's a decision to say, maybe keep things a little bit more private. Something that is very different about the streaming space compared to YouTube is that you never really knew how much a YouTuber made. Um, but on Twitch and on, you know, I mean, any website really, uh, when that information is open, it changes the dialogue a lot. Um, so I think another thing that will be very interesting to watch, uh, throughout this next year is to see if this really hard push, um, of treating money-based numbers like they aren't money-based. And what I mean by that is YouTubers can always push to the next subscriber milestone, right? And that doesn't have a fundamental change on how much money that they make. Um, I mean, it, it might have an ancillary effect, but you hitting the subscribe button to a YouTube channel isn't putting money in that YouTube channel's pocket. Um, so the opposite's true about subscribing on Twitch or Mixer or anywhere else. Uh, so I think an interesting trend to watch over the course of this next year will be to see if that keeps pushing forward um, or if everybody decides to sort of take a breath and go, oh, hey, maybe I don't want this much of my my business being out there, um, you know, because as much as it's it's cool and I understand that there's parallels between like, you know, definitely big parallels now between like the top esports players and the top, you know, NFL draft pick, you know how much both of them make. Um, there's still ultimately a very different relationship when it's in a live environment. And I think that seeing how the space deals with that much money being involved is going to be really interesting. So those are some trends that I saw. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I won't take up any more. I know there's a lot of people that have been sitting in there quite a while with me. So. Oh, no, that's all good, man. Thank you very much for the great questions. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to talk about all the cool stuff. Anytime, man. You want to let everybody know where they can find you on the internet, awesome. everywhere yes. on the internet. All right, there's a lot of places. Um, so you can find me at mixer.com/rednolas is the main place. That's home base. Um, if you Google rednolas, I think like eight things for me pop up. So that's like Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Anchor, a couple other things I'm probably forgetting at this point. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and then a couple friends and I started up a little miniature thing called suboptimal.co, and that's kind of where we run all of our podcasts together. So. Ooh, man. I'm all over. Love it, man. You all have over. a great day. Yeah, you too. All Thank right, you very much. Friend. What a great conversation. I love talking about stuff, man. It's been a while and a lot of thinking. Um, oh, my God. It's already been a half an hour. We got to go. Uh, this is Welfare Fish. Hey, what's going on? Uh, fucking not much, man. Just hanging out. Oh, man. Uh, sorry, I had to like, meet the stream and now I'm good. But hello. How are you? Uh, it's great. I'm gr It's great. I'm great. <laughs> Happy New Year. Okay, Happy yeah. New Year. Yeah, I'm doing oh. great, sir. What can I do for you? 
Um, well, I'm just here to, one of, one of the main questions I had, because I've been thinking about it with my friends, um, and so, like, the next two, three months have two, I think, kind of on-the-fence releases coming out, and I was wondering your opinions on them, which is the Anthem and then sure. the Division 2. Sure. So, yeah, you're talking about, like, basically, all of quarter one, there's a couple games everyone's looking at this year. Yeah. Anthem, which is uh, Bioware's attempt at a looter shooter with an integrated yes. story world which seems really interesting. Um, and then Division 2, which is sort of the, the the sequel to Division, which is a game that got a lot of hype and then fumbled. But if you kept following it, they actually rebuilt that thing into a phenomenal game. Um, and so there's a lot of hopes that Division 2 is going to be the, you know, the full game built off of the architecture that Division is currently, you know, currently <clears throat> has involving loot and and uh you know structure and gameplay and modifications and stuff like that and i think that's a you know fair assumption that they're going to do that uh i'm really really excited about division two um you know i got a chance to i took some time to hop back in around christmas because division one was set on christmas and it felt like the right thing to stream um you know i am really excited i forgot anytime you hop into the division if it was a game you liked you're always going to be having another good time uh i mm -hmm. i was really surprised you know even though i'm in a survival game all by myself and there aren't anyone else and there isn't anyone else there i was still having a just a fun time that's good it's good gunplay it's engaging and um yeah so i'm really looking forward to the division two a lot um gonna be playing the beta streaming that when it comes out um and there's that so an anthem i don't know uh i didn't play the alpha on purpose uh there's a lot of even though people weren't supposed to be sharing their opinions uh, yeah. there's a lot of concern um and also excitement about the game which is always i think that's a good indicator to me um the fact that you can release something like that and people are really split probably means you made a strong design choice which is great because you know let's say half the people that like you know the people that like your game are really gonna like your game because it's a hundred percent the shit they want um and then the people who don't like it are just gonna go you know fuck it's not for me right uh, so i'm i'm pretty intrigued you know they've they've released some really interesting stuff i think ultimately uh you know the division two is probably gonna have long-term support just like the division one did with dlcs <clears> and <throat> stuff like that uh anthem is a Bioware game, so it's probably going to have a start and a finish, and it might be more massive. I would expect something more Mass Effect or Dragon Age, um, where you can, yeah, you, you might be in love with the world, you might love the gameplay and game, but you might also be running out of stuff to do after a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, and that's just based off the other games they've made. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to, I'm excited about both of them. I'm going to be playing both of them. Um, and I just really hope they're both great. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, from like a uh, streaming perspective, like I've been looking at both of them and it's like, because like I, I play Destiny and like, oh, hey, another looter shooter and also played the Division Division 2. And it's like with Anthem, especially like I don't want to see it come out and fail. And I say that because um, a bunch of us on Mixer, we got together and we're like, OK, we're all content creators. We want to go ahead and like make content for Anthem. So we started up like this little group called like the Freelancer Enclave, which um, has like a website and everything like that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we're having all of this stuff built for it. And I don't want to see it fail because like there's stuff that like I'm doing first said like group that I don't want to be like, oh, OK, 
this game isn't as expansive that we have. So I think it's really just like a hoping thing and being like, I hope everything works out because yeah. I feel like it has the most question marks out of anything because it's like, oh, it's EA, oh, it's Bioware, or oh, it's just a big mystery because it's something that they haven't done before. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. It's, it's, I think I'm that still going like, to play it and mess around with it. To highlight something I think that you're doing that's great <laughs> is that you are building ahead of time stuff that matters. Yeah. You know, like... um later in february i'm gonna be on the destiny community podcast um mm -hmm. and you know that that podcast and a lot of the framework for you know what people now see as like oh well this is you know this is established community-based destiny content these are people who started making content for that game when it was in alpha yeah. um when it was in beta when they were making podcast episodes when there was nothing to talk about light news week heavy news week whatever um you know, before the game even came out, I think that doing that positions you to be so far ahead of, of everything because you're, you know, looking at like the dynamics of marketing and like a marketing funnel. You are in there so early that you're grabbing mm -hmm. every single passionate fan. So if the yeah, you're right. If the game sucks, it really blows and you're going to really feel it because all the people who super care are going to be lamenting with you. But yeah. if you are in there and the game is successful, all the truest fans are going to kind of have had their first game experiences or experience with the game with you first. And those are the people that are going to be telling other folks about your content. Those are the people that are going to be so hyped. They're going to say, you know, oh, my God, I can't wait to listen to this new freelancer enclave podcast. Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. You got to check it out. Um, I wish or uh, and the, the thing is, it sucks. Like, you know, there are so many times that, that there have been games that have come out that this past year that me and. And Kevin and Corey and, and all the guys we play with really kind yeah. of put heavy bets on. Um, whether it was Sea of Thieves. Uh, God damn. I mean, Sea of Thieves, even looking way back like Fortnite at the beginning of last year before it really sort of took off as esports. Um, Radical Heights, <laughs> which just doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. There were a lot of games where we sort of set up big events um, in big moments to try and, and ride that and, and give our community the best experience. And most of them fell on their face, uh, yeah. which sucks because, you know, as a content creator, things are out of your control, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't yeah. stop that process of building beforehand because all it takes is it to be, it just needs to be successful one time. Right. And once it is, you're set. And now you get to make $50,000 a year, $60,000 a year, you know, talking about Anthem or you know, talking about the division or Destiny or like Bioware or like whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you can't take whatever you've built and pivot it. Um, because you're in charge. You can make like whatever. Okay, freelancer thing sucks. What's the next looter shooter? Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh let's say Gearbox fucking surprises everyone and Borderlands Three is coming out. Well, guess what? <laughs> uh, you know, you can pivot to that. Um, right. So that's, uh, yeah. So I think you're doing the right thing. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to highlight that. But I do share your concern. Like, you, you definitely don't want something you put time into to fall on your face. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. So it's almost like it, it being able to do it is what you can take away if it all just explodes in your face. Because, yeah, you can do this thing and you, know, you can do it for other things. Yeah, you're so, practiced, right? You're not going in yeah. cold, you know. If you're... If you're in the lineup of a hundred other people who are doing the exact same thing, but this is your tenth time doing it, and it's all of theirs, their first time, 
you're so much faster. You're so much more agile. You know more about what to do and what to focus on and what to look for than they do. And you'll be more successful because you're practiced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of like the pivot into like uh, another topic, but do you ever feel like in terms of like creating content and everything like that, that you're pulled in almost too many directions? Yeah. Um, I think that's like, I think that it's really easy. I call it decision paralysis, right? Yeah. Um, um, you're, you have so many options that you're paralyzed by them. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that the most important step in that is to just start somewhere, start what, start where, where it feels the most comfortable, if that makes sense. Like for me, after I started streaming, it was really comfortable slash easy to start making YouTube content because I make I made really lazy YouTube content. Um, but I think there's a huge market for that because everything's fucking like, you know, all hyper produced anyway. Um, right. You know, so I made lazy YouTube content that worked out really easy. It took me three years to start doing a podcast because I didn't know fucking anything about audio. Um, you yeah. know, it took me a long time to get started on my uh, <laughs> um, Instagram. You know, because I just didn't get it. Um, yeah. So that's part of it. Uh, the other thing is to realize that no matter what cho- choice you make, you're making a forward choice. You're making progress in a direction, which is progress. Mm. Uh, and I think that everybody takes time and judges themselves a little bit too harshly about that. And they're like, oh, well, it's not, you know, blah. Like you're, There's progress. You're, you're learning or you're making a mistake, which means you're eliminating a bad option. Like, it's all forward progress. It's not like a pass-fail. You know, it's more yeah. like losing weight or working out. Like, there's there's a process to it. It takes time. Yeah, because then, like, in terms of consecration, it's that. It's like, oh, working on Instagram, YouTube, um, like, just streaming in general, like, doing a podcast. And, like, there's all these things that I want to do. And then, like, that's just content creation. But then, for me, at the moment, like, I see, like, everything else outside of life wise like trying to like also that also needs its same amount of time and sure oh, so you're like, talking about managing your time like making well, content and the rest of your life both in a sense sure. like what you said also is super helpful um but more of just like because for me right now it's trying to apply to a school to a, like transfer away from like where i am now in community college go to a different place like follow into like acting and theater and stuff like that and still also do this entire other like passion that i have which is content yeah. creation and also this other passion which is acting in theater and huge and they're both huge like time constraints and yeah. like and well, so it's um, I'm, i'll tell I've, you i've been stuck like, at this crossroads forever for sure well if you if you sleep eight hours a day you have 16 hours a day to work right, right. so i think that one of the most important things that you can realize is there's that's absolutely enough time to get all of your acting work in and all your content creation work in um, right you know I make content for about eight hours a day, and then yeah. I spend an hour a day working out, um, mm-hmm. and then the other time, I'll spend two hours with my wife on average, and the rest of the time is the time that I used to run the other two businesses that I run. Yeah. You know, running Guardian Cons a business, running King's Coast is obviously a business, <laughs> um, but I, I really just, I would encourage you to realize that there's a lot more time. And at first, when you're trying to start up all this content stuff or you're trying to break into this acting stuff, there's going to be like a learning curve and you might have to invest more on one side than the other. But you can't judge yourself every day being like, oh, I only did. uh, uh." Again, it's like all that progress is progress. You know, what used to take me 
five hours to do when it comes to like content creation now it takes me an hour yeah you know yeah i mean i, I really appreciate that because like i don't know hearing it from someone who i've watched and like has a business here a business there content creation like it's it's great to hear that from someone that isn't just like a friend or something like somebody else you know yeah i mean <laughs> i actually do it and i i, I mean it yeah. makes it it makes a difference i mean we're opening up we're probably going to open up another business this year too so yay Ooh. um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> so that's i mean that's what i got for you man uh right do you want to share where everyone can find you unless you yeah. got any last minute questions not really. I mean, you really kind of helped calm my nerves, especially going into the New Year, so I appreciate that. Uh, but if you guys are interested, you can go ahead and be a part of the fishbowl. Come swim around a little bit on mixer.com backslash welfarefish. Follow me on twitter.com, uh, the welfarefish, because, you know, welfarefish was taken. What am I supposed to do? Um, no problem. And then those, those are the main two things right now. So um, go ahead, follow over there. And yeah, come play some, come watch me play some video games or play them as well and swim around a little bit. And hopefully I'll see you guys all there. <laughs> all right man thank you very much all right i like your you. pitch dude that was good that guy fucking gets it dude um yeah i think that i i think welfare fish had such a he's doing everything right and i think that that's uh i think that's the that's the thing that people they'll do it right one time it won't work out and so they'll try and take the laziest pa laziest path to the next thing uh but that discipline to do you know to to do that setup for every game to start that you know start that podcast start the website start the forum like whatever um for whatever you're passionate about the discipline to do that every time until something that you're working on actually sticks culturally is huge um, and I, this is not, uh, I guess I'm learning while I'm talking, but this is not a question I've asked a lot of other creators. I think it would be really interesting to see, maybe I'll dig into the, the minds of the destiny community podcast people while I'm out there talking to them or online talking to them, um, about that and see if they had done anything else like that beforehand. I think it'll be really interesting. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, and again, if you're just tuning into the stream or you're catching up in the middle of the podcast, uh, what's up, bro man? This is Ask Bro Man. Uh, especially for the people watching the stream, there's like some folks that are concerned, like, what? How long have you been doing this? Uh, we've officially been doing the podcast for over a year and a half, which is actually kind of fucking nuts. We've had 204 uploads, which I checked before we got in here, which is also fucking insane. Um, but yeah, thanks for watching and, and listening. Uh, we'll try and get through the rest of these questions that we have, and uh, then we'll probably get back to do some more Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that. Uh, this is Brother of Strife. Yo, how's it hey, going, man? Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> it's good, good. A bit nervous, but I'm going to try and subdue the nerves. Ah, don't be nervous. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Um, oof, where to start? I've, I'll give you, like, the concept of what I've got going, and then sure. I'd love some feedback on it. Love it. So... I had to quit streaming because of a new job. It was super demanding. I just didn't have any time. Yeah. So I've noticed now I have got free time. I want to get back into streaming. I'm going to be coming back on Mixer because I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts in my 
like free time, which I've had from traveling to and from work and so on. Awesome. But I also want to hit the floor running <clears throat> and start a podcast about Excellent. the journey going through Mixer and the stuff I learned before I started on Mixer. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, so sort of like the story so far for your life and, and then like updating where you're at and where you're going going yeah. forward as um, like was a also, format. Okay. Yeah, and there was also like one more biggie I wanted to try and touch up on on the podcast. I wanted to be like my learning curve, what I've learned and what yeah, I'm learning. Yeah. I think that's great. So one of the biggies which happened with me, which was due to pretty much just poor poor management was I uh, I lost a seven-year-long relationship okay. just due not to having priorities set and not have doing things the way they should have been done. Sure. So I want to sort of like make the podcast from my, what I've learned from that happening and pass it on to other people so it doesn't happen to them, if that makes sense. That's wonderful. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I just want to like get your feedback on if this is something that you you know would actually be sort of like a good thing to go no, I think it's great I mean um first of all you have a really great speaking voice um oh thank you yeah <laughs> no you do I mean I think that I think that as far as accents are concerned um you know anybody anybody with a really <laughs> nice uh you know UK Eurozone whatever you want to call it accent tends to you do really well on audio just like naturally um it's, because uh, people called a pedigree Yorkshire accent yeah 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 so so the <laughs> you know people who live in the US there's all these studies you know sociologically about you know well which one of these people sounds the smartest and it's like always the person with an accent like you so folks like listening to you so i think you doing any um any sort of audio focus things probably going to go well because you already have an edge there with, you know your great voice um and i think that the content that you're trying to share is great you know one of the reasons why i started my podcast was i wanted to help a lot like we were talking about at the beginning um i wanted to help broadcasters leapfrog that really awkward first and second year of doing what they're doing full time and share the mistakes that i made so other people wouldn't do that um yeah, exactly. That, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't like what with me. I would not wish that like upon my worst hated enemy. Sure, it was yeah. absolutely horrible. And if yeah. I can help even one person learn from my like my mistakes, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's a as perfect well as, like, attitude to have. Well, but yeah, that's what to pop in, get your feedback on it, and go from there. Really, it's nice to hear that it's a good idea. No, it's absolutely it's absolutely a good idea it also it sounds well thought out um as well like you really seem like you know kind of what you want out of it which i i think is huge um because directionless content is confusing for people they kind of want to know what they're getting and it sounds like you know what you want to provide which is kind of huge um so yeah man i'm i'm looking forward to it uh do you want to let do you have any other questions um yeah one more how would you go about like spacing out like the stream the podcasts and how, how would you go about like organizing that sort of content out um i mean organizing it for distribution or organizing it like on a from a creation standpoint um let's let's just let's go with the first choice on that one like just getting it getting, getting it out, out there without it like consuming 
a massive amount of time, if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, I think that making as much content as you can daily makes sense. Um, so I would try and focus on, on that, like making as much as you can. Uh, but as far as like working your, your day out or learning how to do these things, I think that, <clears throat> you know, over time it becomes really easy. Like, you know, like I said, when I first started doing podcasts, it took me an hour to record it and then like three hours to edit and publish it because I was new. Um, and now that takes me like 15 minutes and it actually takes less time because, you know, we have a podcast editor or rare drop now. Um, so I think that take an amount of time that you have every day and sit down and look at it. So you have four hours or whatever. Um, and focus on learning one thing that you're really passionate about and sort of perfecting it. Um, so let's say you you want to start doing these three things. Let's learn how to do YouTube videos really well. Okay, so you got that done. And now the YouTube video takes you 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And now you have the other free time to learn. Okay, now I want to do a podcast. And now you have the rest of the time to do your podcast. And so you can so you sort of slowly build in that stuff um, based on the available free time that you have. That, that makes sense, like learning and getting better at the things you've learned and yeah. minimizing the time That's it true. takes. Well, I mean, like, yeah. you know, all of us learn inside of a school structure and we aren't really taught how to teach ourselves or used to other people doing it. But that's, I mean, that's what you do in a classroom. You slowly build upon stuff incrementally every day, focusing on what you're strong at. I think a good teacher will help you do that. And to be a good teacher of yourself, you have to have the same behavior. Thank you. Um, and to, to sort of counteract another question that, that I know was in there, I do not believe that you can produce too much content on a daily basis, period. Um, I think you might be able to put too much into, you know, one location. Like, you don't need to be publishing 10 YouTube videos every day, but there are probably some locations where that might make sense. Like, but if you have a world first clear on something or other and there's 15 encounters you better get all fucking 15 of those fucking videos out that goddamn day um you know so there's always exceptions but uh i do not think that you can produce too much content um you know i think that that's one of the most limiting mindsets that people have and it's hurt a lot of people in the gaming space there's a lot of people in the gaming space that stayed away from instagram for a very long time and now suddenly after someone has had an immense amount of success on there, <clears throat> Ninja, um, <laughs> everyone's on Instagram. I, I got on Instagram last year because I was listening to Gary Vee, and he was having a conversation very similar to the one we're having with someone else. And he's like, if you're not on Instagram, you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to be a fucking idiot, so I better figure this out. Um, taking your content and putting it in as many places as you can is the guaranteed way to know that you you will never be able to make more content than people can consume. Um, ever. So I think um, making as much as you can every single day is incredibly important. And documenting the process, like what you're already going to be doing is huge. That's, yeah, I, I do appreciate you getting me on here. It's nice to like get this off to someone like yourself to... Absolutely, man. You know. Like I, this why I'm doing this, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Yo, thank you very much, bro, man. It is incredibly, incredibly appreciated, my dude. All right, thank you so much for coming on, man. You have a great day. Oh, but first, tell no. everyone where they can find oh, you. Oh, uh, okay. Well, um, starting soon, I'm going to be on Mixer at mixer.com forward slash brother of strife. 
Um, my other main media medium media is Twitter at Brother of Strife as well. That's where uh, I'll be most active right now. Awesome, man. Uh, you'll be able to find all the links and stuff to my podcasty stuff within the Twitter. Excellent, man. Yo, well, thank so you much very much, bro, I, man. I hope it goes great, and I can't wait to hear or see more about it. Thank you, dude. All right. Bye, man. Um, I think that, uh, and I really wanted to touch on this. I think it's really important. Um, it's a, It is a very old media mindset, uh, and I think it, I mean, I think it holds people back, but we actually haven't, to my knowledge, really addressed this on the podcast. Um, when YouTube first started, there was absolutely a way to kind of overload your YouTube audience with like too much shit every day. Um, <clears throat> and people would complain about the quality of the content and all this other stuff. And, th- and this is whole interesting market dynamic. Um, but because of that, because like a lot of people who get into content creation sort of take the path of like, I watched this YouTuber and this is a path that I took too. Um, you know, I watched this YouTuber, they upload once or twice a day. And anytime they uploaded more than that, they got fucking shit on. So I'm going to make sure that I don't ever upload more than I need to. Um, and that mindset was awesome. Um, when you only had YouTube, now you have Instagram, you have YouTube, you have Snapchat, you have Twitch or Mixer or wherever you're live streaming at. You have Facebook, um, you have Twitter, uh, and, and like, you just have so many different avenues of producing content that like, yes, I think you can absolutely oversaturate, um, you know, your YouTube audience with too many uploads a day, which is why you shouldn't ever be a hundred percent dependent on your YouTube audience or your Twitch audience or your Instagram following or your Twitter or your podcast or whatever. Um, you know, and again, like one of the things, uh, about making too much content, um, that people follow the common knowledge is on, uh, fucking (laughs) on, uh, the medium you're listening to this on right now. You know, people listen to podcasts and they're like, Oh, I can't handle a podcast. Does more than one upload a week. Okay, cool. And so people start a podcast like, Oh, I'll do one upload a week. You know what you want to do? If you want to fucking grow as a podcast, upload every day. That's what I did. (laughs) Um, you know, the reason people started tuning into this podcast is because it kept showing up on the new feed on iTunes. Um, you know, when, when an episode would come out, they'd be like, Oh, it's new gaming podcast. Cause there weren't a lot of gaming podcasts still are not enough. Um, so I think that if you really want to get into content creation, diversity is key. You need to realize that you really, you're not going to, you know, if you're sharing a moment from your life, every 15 to 30 minutes on Instagram, as long as it's interesting, people aren't going to be pissed off about that. Um, uh, <laughs> can't confirm. This is my first podcast. Cause I've seen you post enough for me to give in. Exactly. Um, you know, and I think that there's something to be said about the marketing of yourself and consistency when somebody sees you on a core media platform uh you know wherever they follow you on twitter and you talk about your podcast or your youtube video or your instagram enough times they're just gonna be like fuck it why am i not um you got to use the marketing tools you have for free in your pocket every day as much as you can um all right and where are we at i can do one more question let's get uh irish in here 
Irish. Man. What's up, man? Not too much. It's been a wonderful holiday season. I agree. I've had a lot of fun uh, breaking you. You, you, sir, have uh, been incredibly generous and nice <laughs> and kind. And uh, I hope that you still have all of your rent paid. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That is that is nothing to worry about. All right. Excellent. Good. You don't sound like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I am perfectly fine at the moment. Wonderful, dude. Well, what can I do for you? Well, uh, just recently, uh, I finally got into the content creation space. I've been trying to break into it for a couple of years now. Okay. But I was only just recently able to actually afford a setup that could start streaming while playing video games. Gotcha. And uh, so I've started just in the last couple of weeks with streaming okay. on Twitch. And uh, I've been very tempted to uh, promote my uh, posts on Twitter and Facebook okay through monetary means and i was wondering what your thoughts on that would be um i don't have a lot of experience about promoting stuff on twitter um i don't see a lot of native internal sponsored by twitter promotion i do see it a lot on instagram and i see it a shit ton on facebook i promote my stuff on facebook um I'll, which you know i guess i haven't been kind of going in the last quarter of last year because my energies were focused elsewhere um but yeah, like another thing that I've done to grow this podcast is every time I was like, hey, guess what? You know, the new podcast episode, post that shit on Facebook. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, put like write some nice text like, hey, come check out one of the best gaming podcasts you're ever going to listen to. You know, here's my link. Um, and I've had some pretty decent conversion off of Facebook. And during the launch of Destiny 2, I actually had a whole marketing campaign geared up to uh, sort of push on Facebook for Destiny. Uh, but then when it launched, uh, it was kind of really obvious that my yeah. money would have been better spent elsewhere. Uh, so that kind of sucked. It was <clears> unfortunate. Again, again, you know, going back to the conversations we've been having today, but I was prepared for that. So I think that, you know, one, streaming on Twitch is excellent. Um, one of the things that I've said for a while, um, and you can, I'm going to get Tim back on here because he's had an incredible year on Facebook. Um, but... Yeah, Tim has been killing it on yeah. Facebook. Uh, Facebook has a lot of really great discovery stuff, but if you have the means to advertise yourself, um, Facebook is probably the best option for somebody who's well, trying I to... I do have a pretty sizable budget for sure. uh, advertising myself. I would guess. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, Facebook, you can do, I mean, like Tim said, and, and if you haven't listened, I think it's episode 18, I would go back and listen to the episode with Tim um, to get some perspective. But like you get so much analytics, so many analytics from from uh, Facebook, it's almost insane. Uh, you know, you can know who's watching you, like who's tuning in at 8 a.m. You know where they live, what city they live. Um, you know, you know, everywhere your viewers are coming from, and you can actually build an advertising deck on Facebook to advertise to those people as they wake up. So like, oh, let's wow. say I was streaming, um, and I know when I start at noon, um, everyone's getting out of school in London. And for some reason, 20% of my viewers are coming from London, um, right when I hit start. 
So I could find the people who are following my page. I can hit advertise to friends of friends or follow friends of the followers of my channel. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the person who's been talking about you to their friends, their, their friends, which are also going to be their friends on Facebook, are going to go, oh, shit, this is the guy Jim's been talking about every fucking day. Uh, maybe I should go check him out. Um, and that's just a functionality Twitch does not fucking have. Uh, so yeah, that's I've been I've, I was kind of hesitant about starting on Twitch because I know Mixer and Facebook are really getting solid in the space now. Sure. Um, I like I said I would I would listen to that episode with Tim, and then if you haven't yet, you know, go to your Facebook page and l take a deep look at how granular you can get with advertising there. Um, you know, a a a well-targeted ad spend on Facebook can result in some insane growth. Uh, you know, I think I grew my channel on, or my page on Facebook when I was really sort of focused on growing it from zero. <laughs> I literally created the Professor Broman page last year. Um, or when I started this podcast, um, and it grew from zero to 10,000 basically off of ad spending and one or two shout outs on stream. But most of that growth came from advertising on Facebook and I wasn't advertising aggressively. It was like five to $20 per podcast episode. But, um, no, I've had more experience with advertising on Facebook for guardian con. And we did, this is my favorite statistic chat. <clears throat> and I don't know if we've shared this, uh, externally at all yet and it's not like proprietary information but it's interesting um guardian con 20 uh six, or sorry guardian con 2017 80 percent of the people who came to the convention lived outside of tampa um the only primary change that we made between the convention that year and this year was that we advertised locally um and it went from 20 percent of the people who were at the event were from tampa to 64% of the people from the event were in Tampa. And that was a $5,000 ad spend across four months. So you can have really profound effect for, and in advertising dollars for, an, for a gigantic convention chat, $5,000 is kind of pennies if you look at how much PAX would spend. Um, so you can do a whole lot with, in an advertising sense, very little. Uh, if you learn how to use their ad product the right way. Okay, yeah, that, uh, I was just curious because it's, I always see posts like promote your post, you know, spend $30. Yeah. So I can get I was back. really tempted to do it, but at the same time, I was like, I mean, can this really have that great of an effect on, uh, on Facebook? Yes. Um, there, uh, the guys on my management team are kind of doing some, looks like they're doing some testing on, uh, you know, Twitter ad spends to sort of see what that does. And, you know, I will obviously get back to you and everyone on this podcast to see how it goes. You know, there might be a hidden gem when it comes to advertising on Twitter. We'll see. Yeah, I, uh, cause I was, I was really tempted to do it on Twitter too, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it didn't seem to be as in depth as, uh, Facebook's is. Yeah. And it's just in, in Twitter, I, I, I don't even know how that impression would convert, right? Like, it might just show up while somebody's flipping up on the screen super fast. And then it's like, here you go. Your ad was served. And like, really, you got a quarter of a second of an eyeball on it, you know? 
yeah, you might only get about 10% effectiveness compared to your actual compared to the numbers that are yeah, shown. Exactly. Um, my other question that I had, I'm going to keep this nice and short. That's fine. Is, uh, like you, I've always, uh, I've done when I was trying to get into streaming over the last few years, I've done charity of charity streams. Sure. Like we're raising money for charity. Um, how do you feel about the ideas of like running a stream purely for the basis of helping charities? Because that's always something I've wanted to do. Sure. And the fact that, you know, you and all the others involved with guardian con have managed to have this massive company that is a multi-million dollar charity is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so the reason that we had that was because we built our personal brands first. So, um, you know, one of the big dreams for this channel for me is that, you know, the success that we have from the scaffolding that we've built out of our brands is just so great that I get to come on stream one day and I get to say, hey, guys, guess what? Um, you know, from now on, <laughs> X percent of all revenue on the channel or the revenue of every single subscriber that we have you know, every month is going to go to St. Jude. Um I think that I think that that's important, um, but <clears throat> uh, you have to be able to sort of build and pilot your own brand first, uh, because I feel like the issue with charity is everyone's always going to think that you're a, a fucking scam or con artist. Um, yeah, that's uh, which is something that I'm still dealing with. with so, I mean, like, it's something we deal with Guardian Con all the time. There are people who believe that Guardian Con and all the money we raise for St. Jude is a front, and that me and, and King Athalian and Kevin uh, pocket all of the money for the event every single year, which absolutely blows my mind, and I don't understand how you could be that ignorant. But that's how cynical people are when it comes to charity. So I would recommend growing your personal brand with that as a goal first. Because yeah, that is definitely my end goal. Yeah. Then I would focus on, you know, making the best content you can, building an amazing community, networking and integrating with other people and keeping that as like a goalpost or a lighthouse as you're traveling. And as long as you're, you've got that in mind constantly, you're going to tend to move yourself towards opportunities and recognize opportunities to move in that direction um, as they present themselves. All right. Yeah, that uh, sounds like very solid advice. <laughs> it is. I mean, I hope. <laughs> My advice sucks. <laughs> this whole podcast is trash. Um, it's. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to answer my questions. Hey, man. I thank you for tuning in, and thank you for your incredible generosity supporting the channel and providing so much joy to so many other viewers this year. <laughs> At the end of the year, I I. I think I speak for oh, the I've, literal thousands of them to, when I say thank you. Yeah, I've always wanted to give back to the community because uh, your community specifically has uh, helped me through some of the roughest times of my life. So, well, that means—I mean, that means a lot uh, to hear that from from you, and I appreciate that a lot. Uh, and if there's anything I can ever do for you, man, you just let me know. <laughs> well, I may take you up on that steak at Guardian Con. That's great. I'll buy you a steak. <laughs> if I have time, I'll buy a steak. I can't, yeah, Kevin is probably, like, somewhere already, like, getting ready to puke in a bucket. 
It's like, you don't even know what your schedule is yet. And I was like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, do you want to let yeah, anyone know where they right. can like find you right now or or follow uh, you? Yeah. Or... Yeah, sure. Um, on Twitch, I'm simply Irish underscore TV. On Facebook and Twitter, it is Irish TV gaming, all one word. Excellent, man. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Best of luck. Um, make sure you, you listen to that episode with Tim. I think it was episode 18. Yeah, I'll have to go back and find um, it. And uh, we'll have Tim on again here sometime, I'm hoping for, in the first month of this new year. I just need to talk to him about it. Thank you so much, dude. All right, thank you. All right. Um, God, I've never been able to talk to somebody that's this, like, gifted 1,000-plus subs. Or, like, fucking, it's crazy. Actually... Take that back. One other person. <laughs> um, and that person's on the raid team now. Um, or <laughs> has been for a long time. That's a story for another time. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate all of you uh, that came and, and listened to the podcast. And, um, you know, for everyone on stream, I appreciate you sticking around the channel while we played Destiny and, and took a break from Kingdom Hearts, which we are now going to go back to. Please, please, please. Uh, it would mean the absolute world. Uh, to me if you could share this podcast with somebody who you think needs to hear it um, uh, share it with your friends share it with your family uh, because that's really all I want the goal of this podcast is to help you and help as many people as you possibly can and the best way to do that is for you to help me make that happen uh, so thank you so much and we will uh, be back again next Tuesday um, uh, Tuesday the 8th at 6pm Eastern uh, for another episode of Ask Roman. You are the best. <laughs>